today on this episode of the J. Kang with Joey podcast. J.K. and Joey are face-to-face, live and in person for the first time. The boys discuss confidence destroyers, CBD oils, anxiety, general aches and pains, J.K.'s daddy issues, and DNA testing. Also, my apologies for giving Joey a shitty microphone, making it sound like he's broadcasting over the telephone. Let's go. I know we talked about before that uh, about you possibly getting a DNA test, finding out what you are. Okay. Did did you do that? You're not. You have no interest in finding out what you are. My, my brother did it. And would it come back? Uh, I forget exactly, but it's mostly Irish, Western Irish. All right, so Ireland, because my uh, my entire life with the last name Klein, I thought I was three quarters German and one quarter Italian. And when I got my DNA results back. And it was confirmed because my brother did it with a totally different brand and got the same results. We are 50% Sicilian and the other 50% is Irish and Scottish. No German. No German, zero. Really? Yeah. That's odd. Not even 1%? Nope, not even 1% German. Why I bring it up is because I grew up thinking I was you know, 75% German. I grew up knowing that my grandfather was racist as fuck, went to jail for uh, racist assaults. So I felt guilt, I wore a certain guilt being from Germans for... Nazi Germany was Europe. Yes. Right. My ancestors, I felt a certain guilt with it. And um, it's a relief to find out that uh, I have zero German in me. You want some? You got any? No, I got German. You do? Yeah. All right. About 15%. You're going to put that 15% <laughs> inside of me? <laughs> like a 15th of an inch. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> no German. That's crazy. What, what did you use? Did you use Ancestry? Yeah, I did, yeah. And what do you do? You, you send your saliva to them? Yep, sent my saliva to them. And, uh, what, you spit into a cup? or? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, did. I spit into a, a, a syringe type, like, tube mixed it up sent it got it back oh they send you they send you like a you say you want to do it they send you the package to do it and then yes well you buy yeah yeah and then they send you the results back like in a month you think anybody's as a joke or like a gag sent semen to them it's still dna true yeah maybe that's how they found uh the uh golden state killer golden state killer yeah yeah some family member doing dna Coming all over San Francisco. Fucking police, corrupt police officer. Is that what he was? He was a police officer that was raping and killing killing women. Ah. He knew okay. how to cover cover his tracks his whole life. The Golden Gate cock. Yeah, many, many went across it. <laughs> Knuckle deep in that ass. Oh. How do you feel about the CBD oils? I just started experimenting. 
with them. As did I, yes. Uh, oh, you just started? Yep. Okay. Do you do it every day? Do you yep. when you feel you need it? I do it every day. Um, I, I probably take like, first of all, I use 250 milligram juice uh, in a vape pen. I probably take three, four, five hits a day when I f- have time and a moment to do it. Yeah. Not because, because I, I feel I need shit every second of every day. Like I need something for some release from this anxiety. But so when I do get a chance to take it, it put, it kind of gives me a little bit of calmness for a couple, a few minutes. The calmness that it gives me kind of makes me, it's a paranoid calmness. I'm like, wait a minute. Am I feeling this way? Relaxed because of the vape or am I dying? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I feel like maybe, maybe I'm, a, am I sick? Like, I don't, I feel out of body. <laughs> well, once you know what, it, but once you know it's the CBD. No, I still don't. Hmm. I still like, I'm under 24 seven every second, every day. So much anxiety that. I'm not sure of anything ever. Mm. You need to go to, I think, one of those uh, Buddhist colonies. You know, people just sit and meditate all day. Um, yes. I think that would be good for you to go for like a weekend. I, I don't know. I, I would entertain a booty colony. <laughs> get, some, get my buns up. You need to just have to shave and gain a whole bunch of weight. I know. I'm cursed. Oh, yeah. That's another thing I wanted to let the audience the listeners in on a man of very low self-confidence i mean i have tons of flaws i agree (laughs) silence as do i i have i could start off i could say you know body hair is my number one uh confidence destroyer walk with me mentally yeah destroys me mentally yeah Uh, so much so that i bought one of those 700 dollar laser hair removal machines. Yeah. And uh, the only way to use that, if you want to get rid of a couple of hairs sprouting up on places, you have to shave that area with a razor blade and then use the laser hair machine. Mm. Well, what happens is with my body, apparently, if you shave an area with a few hairs, all of a sudden now there's 50 hairs. Right, right, right. Yeah. So did it work? It did not work. I did over 12 sessions. My wife helped me by shaving areas and and using it on me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I am in 100 times worse position than I was when I started. And apparently I was, I'm the perfect candidate, you know, pale skin, dark hair, which that's what they need to actually work. And Mm -hmm. it did not, it did not work. I am so worse off. Spent $700 and it didn't work. Seven, that was, the worst part was the work of doing it, not not actually paying for the the machine. Well, this the, the hair removal was something that I would get done professionally. Can't afford that shit, right? Um, self confidence. Being a uh, being a being a ginger is a lot of it. Um, gingers aren't really known as the most masculine or attractive men. Uh, well, um, what you mean by ginger, you're not ref- just referring to your, your color of your hair. No, I'm talking like, about... You're talking about package. the whole complete package. Fucking crystal clear skin that you can almost see through because it's so white. Right. Um, it's like your butt. It's like I have a, a friend that looks like a goddamn aquarium. Yes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 
There goes a beta shark. Oh, I just threw up my mouth. Um, <laughs> that's how sickened I am by this. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just the whole, the whole, the whole hair thing. I, I mean, I don't, I don't mind people making fun. I don't. I never cared about that. It's just, but like, you know, when you're younger and um, like high school shit like that, picking up girls, you know, shit like that. It's, it wasn't my personality is over. Ha- always had to. Like if I had a shitty personality, I'd still be a virgin, no doubt in my mind. Um, anyway, I think that's for most people. Like unless you're extremely good looking, you definitely right. need personality to get laid. Right. Um. Yeah, yeah but like I was saying, like ginger jokes, they don't, they don't bother me. I don't give a fuck about that. It's just the way that I'm portrayed. I, you know, what I mean, I'm not a terrible looking guy, but I'm also a redhead. <laughs> It'll always be that way. So with the self confidence approaching women. And shit like that, I would look around. I'm like, oh, that guy's a lot hotter or better looking than I am. What what chance do I have? So I would never even take that chance. Uh, I waited for women to say that they had a crush on me or they liked me. I never went out of my way to say, hey, I like you or uh, yeah, I yeah. Uh, well, that's I wasn't a redhead. I wasn't a ginger, and I was the same way. I I've never hit on a girl. So I the the one thing that I never wanted to be labeled was creepy. Ever. <laughs> Me too, but apparently that's that's my forte. I'm creepy. Really? I, I don't know. I, I I feel it. I haven't gotten it, but I feel, uh, even if I said hello to a woman, I feel that I'm coming off creepy. I got you. You know what I mean? Like, the feeling is deep inside of me. Like If I'm saying hello to a hot girl, I feel creepy. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's how I should put it. I'm saying hello to just a random... Yes, yes. I don't want, you know. Yes, if it's... I don't want. To, I don't want every chick to think that I'm hitting on them all the time because I'm not. Yes, that's what I meant to say. If if it's yeah. above average woman, yeah, I feel uh, creepy. The smile you give them too. <laughs> well, my smile's creepy. <laughs> I open my entire mouth. I'm like, <laughs> like I look like serial killerish. <laughs> I think my lack of you know just age beating me down that I'm not able to be as physical and you know play basketball and and do do things jump off of high things and just that i'm very fragile i think that's a weakness at this point mm-hmm. and confidence is just the more being more fragile as you get older um i have vertigo since i've been a toddler i've had vertigo where and it was never addressed as a toddler or as a kid or because my parents obviously couldn't even wrap their head around that I had an issue with this magnitude. And, uh, you know, my dad would kick my ass just for getting sick in the car and throwing up. It wasn't like, Oh shit, there's something wrong. Let's take him, get him checked out. It was, you know, let me beat his ass. Maybe he'll stop acting like this. And so my dad wouldn't take me anywhere because I would get sick in the car. You were super cool. Anything to you? No, my dad. See, I hate to make this a, uh, I'd hate to paint my dad in a negative light for this podcast because yeah, don't get me wrong. I love my dad, but I mean, my dad couldn't handle kids at all. So I rarely saw him. And when I did see him, all I, all he was to me was a disciplinarian. Um, and there has been on many tragic moments. Uh, is that you're asking me to give you examples? Uh, every year, <laughs> every, <laughs> every year for Halloween, um, we would go around and, my dad would let us go out and collect a shit ton of candy when we spent the whole night 
Halloweening and collecting all the candy, we'd get home, and right before bed, right before he'd send us up to bed to go to sleep, he would make us come out back outside, and he would pour all the candy on the ground, and he would stomp all over it. Um, Just because? Obviously, I was a child. I was a child, so I can't really get into the mental aspect of it and trying to figure out why he did it. But I can only imagine that we were just two hyper kids and he couldn't handle us getting more sugar. Just being bad. You guys being bad was like a punishment. We were hyper. You know, we were kids, so I can't say we were being bad. My dad was a, usually it was just me, not my other brothers that would get the physical abuse because he said that I was the fire and that whatever he did to me, would scare my brothers, my cousins, like everybody else. All the other kids would get in line just seeing me get physically abused. Todd, too, because you're the oldest as well. Right. So, I mean, he grabbed me by the ear and, like, dragged me across the floor. The other kids would be, like, perfect angels. They'd see that shit and be scared shitless. Of course, yeah. Um, He was a guy that – he was a lazy disciplinarian, meaning um, if he's sitting there and you're pissing him off – he wasn't going to get up. He would just find something near him and he'd throw it at me. Like, you know, many times it was just as simple as a tissue box. Right. You know what I mean? Like I get hit in the face with a tissue box. Okay. I can take that. Uh, but the, it did get to a point where he, I pissed him off, I guess from, I think I was dancing in my room. My music was too loud maybe, or I was just, you know, acting stupid and no shit, man, from two rooms away. This dude just threw a D battery and he hit me, cracked me right in the forehead. That would be painful. From two fucking rooms away, he had that great an aim. Wow. Actually, I'm glad it hit me in the forehead. Like it had that good dad aim. If he hit me in the eyeball or the fucking like busting my teeth out or something with it, or or maybe actually if he would hit me in the nose, it might have made my nose straight because my nose is crooked as fuck. The listeners know that I have a big ass, crooked ass fucking nose. Yeah. Yeah. Two can't say I'm jealous. Yeah, I could smell motherfuckers coming from a mile away. Why did we get into this fucking shit? I know, it got really deep real quick, though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I thought we were talking about negative. Yeah, yeah. Negative. Things, yeah. yeah, bitching about ourselves. Mm-hmm. How'd they get to my dad? I, I, I don't know. You were going on about, you were saying something. And then he came into it. Um,. I have to say just my, my anxiety issues I have in general. My anxiety has held me back from many, many things. And it never really hit me until anxiety started maybe my early 20s. And it just fucking ramped up from there. So, I mean, it makes me fearful to do certain things because, you know, it's that chemical in your brain and your body that just makes you, you know, you're anxious, of course. But sometimes you're, just, you, you're always giving yourself second thoughts. You're always second guessing yourself. So your anxiety is more of a panic. Yes. Because it's stuff you want to do, but in the fear of panic. Borders panic. Tax. Makes you not be able to complete these Correct. these things. Where my, I have anxiety, mine's the opposite. My anxiety makes me not give a fuck. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to do I, it, but you have the panic. Yeah. I have the physical. Yeah. The body feeling of it, the heart racing, the clammy hands, the that type of shit, which I'm, I can deal with anxiety all day, every day now, because I've been living in it for, you know, 10 years, but the panic attacks and the anxiety now borders on panic. 
So when I know that that moment's coming, I freak the fuck out, and anything I had planned for that day is gone, <laughs> or anything. Mm. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I, I, mean used to, I used to think back in the day when I first started getting anxiety, I used to think that I had a fear of crowds. Because if people were saying like, "Oh, we're gonna go to the club tonight," or something, I would never go. It was just anxiety the whole the entire fucking time. I've had job opportunities I didn't take because of fucking killer anxiety, and I've had <clears throat> things that I've mounted on myself that, that I necessarily didn't have to. I guess I, I, I'm not trying to compete with whose anxiety is worse or better. I wish I would, think I, wish, I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I, I wish just think there's a was. difference. That's all. I mean, because of my anxiety, I don't want to go in there. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, conquer that and by doing it, and you kind of deal with yours by drinking. Kind of oh, help, yeah, helps yeah. your anxiety. Where I don't drink anymore. Mm-hmm. It, it it helps very temporarily because the next day when I'm hungover. The anxiety from the second I wake up, if I don't take a fucking Xanax or something, it's all day. All right, so you're drinking. It's a mask. But it helped you do what you wanted to do. Um, certain things. I mean, it, it, you wanted to go out and hang out with friends. You wanted to do that. It right. obviously loosens you up. Right, loosens you, know, you up. So you, you to talk. Relax, you, yeah. yeah. Correct. For, for me, I drank to deal with my anxiety to do stuff I didn't want to do. Okay. I mean, like, I, when I was out hanging with people at bars, when I, I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to do that shit, but I did it because people wanted me to do it. Right, 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 right. So I drank so that I could loosen up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anxiety definitely won for me too. My vertigo, anxiety. You got vertigo too. And That's gotta be a killer. I mean, something as simple as traveling is difficult for you. I, yeah, but see, it's anxiety I've only had for the past seven, eight years. Mm-hmm. So I'm still learning. To deal right. with it where vertigo i've had since i've been born so mentally every movement i have every movement i do i mentally prepare for it which helps me deal and and it's all second nature right like all me right. shaking my head I'm, I'm thinking about it before i even do it it's like so it's like it's a part of your life now it's part of my life yeah so shit's moving all the time mm. i'm fine because i learned to deal with it mm. okay that would trigger my anxiety too something like that not being in control that's what that's what triggers my anxiety, not being in control. Just, just total up. I just think that there's total pandemonium happening around me. Yeah, ours are different. Yeah, it's way different. My anxiety is just the war. I, they call it worry because I want to get shit done. Mm-hmm. I want shit done. I want sh- I want shit in order and fixed. It's, it, it's more of a obsessive compulsive disorder anxiety, right, which can lead to that. Yeah. I, so I, I, you get anxiety like put on the spot, like say to make a speech, you get anxiety. Oh, if there's no alcohol involved? Yeah, absolutely. Right, where when I have to make a speech, I get pumped. It's an anxiety, but it, I'm pumped and I'm, I want to do it. I don't need to drink. Like an adrenaline? It's an adrenaline rush, right? Yeah. Where the thing is, is that with my anxiety, I can't turn it off. Like I have adrenaline running like 24-7. Mm. It's running, running, running. Now it runs at different levels. Right. Depending on the situation. Wait, an anxiety you can't turn off. It's... No matter how hard you try, I mean, I've tried breathing methods. The only thing that stops is that one little magical white pill. Oh yeah, Ativan worked for me. It was Xanax for you, Ativan for me. Yeah, I I spent three days not sleeping to get off of them. I was up to two milligrams a day. I was on it for like ten months every day, and you're supposed to take that shit as needed. As needed, yeah. Yeah, and I was popping it like candy for ten months. And opiates, and opioids. Yeah, highly addictive. Yeah, that was the first time I ever had a dependency on anything. So I and I knew it. So I did what I had to do to get off it. It's and they yeah. said it's dangerous to do that shit too. 
they quit cold i quit cold turkey and just stayed up for three days to the sweats and shit too three fucking days i was it was horror it's like coming off of a form of heroin they say i wouldn't know i've never i've never done coke or heroin or um another flaw that i work in the factories my right hand i have sliced to the bone uh, four or five different times. I also tore my pinky right off the bone and they sewed it back on. So the right hand basically feels like, you know, when your foot falls asleep, my entire right hand feels that way all the time. Like when I touch things. Mm. I mean, like, sometimes it's a positive. Like when I'm jerking off, it's kind of like I can pretend it's somebody else. Stranger. Yeah. It's a stranger. But it's I mean, not like pins and needles. It is. Oh, it's pins and needles. Yes, yeah, like, like they cut the tip off of my thumb and it's just like pins and needles. The nerve endings. Like I can't, I couldn't tell you what I was touching. All I feel is pins and needles when it when it hits. I've never had a broken bone. I had a really I got a really bad paper cut one time. But nothing quite like I mean I broke I broke fingers and toes, but that's I've never broke like major bones. I've never broken a bone in my body. Really? Mm-hmm. But I think I'm paying for it now, my fucking constant ankle and your gout. It's a huge negative. Can't walk. I was in my hospital on Tuesday for it. It's like shards of glass floating or open. so a lot of people get it in their toes i for whatever reason i get it in my ankle mm. and uh it's like shards of glass just floating around your uh, floating around in your ankle just floating for and then you have that throbbing too a non-stop throbbing so it's that those two things mixed together and your ankle is just swollen like a fucking antelope Man, I can't relate to it because I don't have it. I never had it. Just can't, can't I do it. have plantar fasciitis in my heel. That's so fun too. It just feels like there's a piece of glass stuck mm-hmm. in your heel, and you can't ever pull it out. Get you know, get any. It's just there. And you're st- every time you step on it, it just feels like you're pushing it in farther. Mm-hmm. That's just one little spot in your heel that you have that pain where you're saying your entire ankle feels like glass just stabbing it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, stabbing. Yeah, with that throbbing. It sounds like my back injury that I had. Mm-hmm. I'm missing two discs in my back because carrying a TV up steps and down steps, and I slipped two discs in my back. And instead of putting the TV down, I I kept carrying because I didn't want to drop it. It's all I had was a TV because it was in the middle of leaving my ex-wife a divorce. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I ground those discs up into into tiny pieces. I couldn't move for months. Like I was fucked one of those big ass TVs with the box in the back yeah the whole thing is one yeah. it was one big box a Mitsubishi fucking like 55 inch yeah, like yeah. ones you the ones you roll yep so I mean I mean if if your ankle is anything like a I mean a back injury is just so debilitating damn cool yeah almost midnight swapping manly stories any, <sighs> anymore uh what do, actually, I should talk positive. What, what do I got going for myself? <laughs> got a good job. Humorous. Make good money. Sense of humor because I'm fucking mediocre looking. Your socks always match. That's an obsession that probably not many people know about me. Your socks always have to match? No, I change my socks three, uh, two or three times a day. Really? I literally have a basket of... I believe I have close to 70 pairs of socks. Why, why is this? Uh, my wife asked the same thing. It's, it's a paranoia, kind of like, you know, when you run out of toilet paper, that paranoia you have like, oh shit, and then all of a sudden, 
you just buy stock of it and you have like yeah, you know yeah i mean yeah. and that's my issue with socks like you lose them all the time and then no i don't lose i just i'm always i'm just paranoid that i won't have any when i need them hmm. i'm crazy two or three times a day yeah this is the second this is my second yeah, pair today I, was earlier. I gray earlier yeah yeah, yeah the gray and ones Yes, I had the blackened ones. Damn, you're paying attention to my fucking socks. Yeah, because I had the I have the blackened ones on. I had a couple pairs. I I did the same thing, dude. I had I was down to like four pairs of socks. And what the fuck happened to all my socks? So I bought them in bulk. Oh, I know one for you. People around you have is your uh, snoring. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that just started. What? No, it just started being really really bad this past year. Or so oh, all right. terribly bad. I used to snore. I used to only snore when I was drunk. Now it's uh, sleep apnea. You are by far out of everybody I've ever met in my life. You are the loudest snorer. <laughs> was that? Did you hear me this morning? I was I mean I was taking a nap this afternoon. Yeah, yeah. They choke. Stop no, breathing. no. I think that might be the drunk times, like where you you sound like you're suffocating and yeah, yeah, where you're fighting for air. I want to give a big thank you to my co-host, Joey Shalamo, a.k.a. Joey Faya, because he spits that real shit, a.k.a. Joseph Curry, because he's money from outside the PA. Hey, I'm out of here like a fat kid in dodgeball. I want to thank the audience for fucking with us. From Reading to Queens and everything in between, we out. You said you'd never ever break. Down. But here I am sweeping. Pieces off of the ground You said you'd never ever play To crowds But I've seen you hoping To play songs to them now I've spent all night long Scared of tomorrow Broke my alarm Everything's almost lost Pick it up slow before it's gone. My name is Biggest Venus, Jupiter, and then Uranus. Tell me that your anus got your head in it. I can smell the articles and know your heinous. Tell me that you love me, always thinking of me, unconditional. I'm hoping I'm your favorite. Grab a fishing pole and throw me with a shark. That's the feeling I get when you're concentrating on this pen, on this pad. Tell me you're willing to disown my craft. Tell me the feeling of picking apart this track. Stop. Telling me, planning me gold all the time Looking to bury a deep hole for my job